Hello, 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 everyone. What up? Welcome back to another episode of The Plot Strikes Back. Back, 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 back. Nick and Austin here to come and talk about a movie that was considered a cult classic back in 1999. Wow. Yeah. And I haven't seen it in probably 20 years. And I was in high school. I was a freshman when this first came out. Crazy. I don't remember what I was doing. I was... You were a wee... You were just a little bit of a wee lad. Yeah. When this Irish movie came out. Yeah, I was four. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's kind of crazy to, to put in perspective. Yeah, so it's a uh, crime drama mystery thriller. Uh, directed by Troy Duffy. Written by Troy Duffy as well. And it had a, a pretty decent cast, you know, and, and I think at the time, the only One person, person that was in particular just saves this movie for me, but we'll get to that for sure. I mean, so Willem Dafoe is uh, like an FBI agent, Paul Smecker. You've got the Irish brothers uh, played by <laughs> they're, they're twin brothers, but they're not like the identical twin brothers, you know? Yeah. So you've got. Uh, Connor Murphy, played by Sean Patrick Flannery, and Norman Reedus. This is like one of those movies that I think really put Norman, Norman Reedus on the map. I would agree with that, yeah. You know, um, I, I don't know if you know this, but there's actually a sequel to this movie. I did. I did know that, yeah. I don't but, know if I ever saw the it, sequel, to be honest but with you. I, it, it's not the same characters, right? No, they're in the, they're in the, it's, it's them. Is it? Uh, it's at least the brothers. Willem Dafoe's not in it? No. I'm out. No. Yeah. I don't think he is. Like I said, I, I've never seen it, but I'm pretty sure the brothers are. The McManus brothers. But yeah. yeah. Uh, so we've also got uh, uh, David Della, who plays Morocco. Oh, he, yeah. He's an interesting character. You got um, Billy Connolly, which, you know, I, I thought he was used, and well, I said, like, utilized more in this movie, but he really wasn't. And when I went back and watched it, I'm like, Man, they could have used him so much more in this movie. He, he's just used at the end, and it just sort of switches everything up. You're like, wait a second. There, as as quoted by Willem Dafoe, there was a firefight, and it's oh it's Ildu's shooting back at Rocco and the brothers, and then like a few scenes later, the McManus brothers are with are with him. They like join forces, dude. I hated that scene. It's just like, yeah, dude. I I have to say it. So like, I I when this movie first just, came out, that kind of ruined it for me. That scene because then it was like, okay, like that's how quick things can turn. Yeah, I'm good. Dude, like I have to I have to admit when I first saw this movie, again, like I was in 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 high school. I just thought it was cool, right? And because it reminded me a little bit of. Pulp Fiction, obviously nowhere near as good as Pulp Fiction. Yeah. But it had this sort of same vibe to it. Just that gritty. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like you've got like. Somewhat funny. Well, you've got parts that are trying to be funny and then you've got like the action and like the the killing and just like weird, weird credits and like 
pauses and, and, and you know what the other thing is like, I know they're trying to kind of fit it in with the nineties, but the music, I'm like, man, that music was just not good. The music was terrible. In this I'm like, movie. what, what music, what soundtrack Dude, is in the this editing movie? was just like, it was weird, right? It was, I, I, I said before we, we uh, recorded that I absolutely hated the opening title sequence. Cause I'm just like, these shots are just like, Dude, it's weird, man. Oh, I don't like them. Yeah. I, this watching this again com- has completely changed my perspective of this movie. That's wild too. And I think it's just because of maturity in, in, in viewing and reading and studying stories, storytelling scripts, characterizations, cinematography, like, like just yeah. learning more over the next 20, you know, like what, uh, like 20 years. Mm-hmm. It's just like, man, uh, I've seen better. <laughs> what? Yeah. Like what, what was <laughs> This was a this is a cult classic. I mean, maybe at the time, but I, I don't know. I, I I'd be really curious to see what other people will have to say about it, if, especially if they haven't you know seen what? it in a while. Yeah, I'm I'm super curious to hear what people say about this. In fact, that when we do release this, I'm going to send this to a friend of mine, an old friend of mine who I've not seen in, in quite some time, um, because I remember him telling me his name was Tim. He was telling me about the scene. When they're in the uh, the strip club, yeah, and Willem Dafoe is he's like, we got ourselves a cowboy, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, oh man, that's funny. I like that. And then like fast forward years later, I'm watching it. And I was like, oh, there it is. And it all just kind of clicked um, because this was actually my first time ever seeing it when we decided we were going to watch this because I I had never seen it. Yeah, and I, I knew about it. And I was going to be curious to see what you, what you would say, but also what I would think because again, I haven't seen this in such a long while so you know i think we're probably on the same page ironically yeah we are because i'm thinking man i used to love this movie this was like such a great movie and i'm like i i kind of want us to review a movie where we don't see eye to eye on because i think that would be pretty funny but we'll get there um i mean i think so far we've been kind of in the same same boat on most of these movies that we've reviewed so far. Yeah. I mean, we did something we planned it, but you know, I'm sure, I'm sure we'll get there at some point. Um, so the runtime is about an hour and 40 minutes, you know? So it's not, it's not a long move. It's not a long movie either. It, I, I would say it moves fairly well. So it's got a decent pace. It moves, it moves pretty quick in, in some parts. Yeah, honestly, but for the most part, like you said, it had a good pace. You know, it didn't really drag in certain parts, honestly. Yeah, I remember that time, though, that like Catholic prayer that they say was like super like a lot of people were like always used to quote that. I can't even remember it. (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm not going to repeat it because I just don't feel like it. That's what. That's what they say. The Spiritus Sancti, yeah, that whole thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they say when, well, spoiler alert. Uh, oh, God, what's his name? Rocco? Rocco. Rocco gets killed. Yes. And I see, honestly, I think a terrible reaction from Norman Reedus. <laughs> Absolutely yeah. terrible. Yeah. Um. Of course, I have no room to speak because I'm not getting paid millions of dollars. Um, but also, um, 
then this guy who's been sent, I can't remember his name, you mentioned him earlier, who gets sent, you know, he's released out of prison uh, to go kill him. And then he hears the prayer and he's like, oh, wait, we're now best friends. Yes. Yeah. So that was a weird, the movie was just interesting, you know? Yeah. What do you think the budget was without looking at my screen? This is what, I can't even see that. Um, this was what, 99? 99. Uh, what, uh, ooh, 10 million, uh, 6 million, really $6 million. Yep. Huh? Yep. Crazy, right? Wow. And, 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 and this how is how much did it make? So according to box office mojo, it's saying that it was only in five theaters at the time and it only made $30,471. Wow, how much did it make on video though? <laughs> yeah, that's true cuz that's that's got to be where like the big the big money is on like DVD cuz I actually think I I might have had this on DVD. Well, dude, like that that was something Matt Damon talks about. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that like, clip. It would be like to No one buys DVDs. I mean, people still I mean, do, but I I I buy DVDs sometimes. Like I I had I I only have recently for watching movies in like 4k right like i i have like the whole trilogy and that would got re-released in 4k and it just looks and sounds magnificently beautiful i can tell you the DVD last two sales. movies i remember buying well blu-rays i remember buying snyder cut of course right um and uh pulp fiction okay not bad yeah, I can't remember what else I've... I mean, I, I usually just buy it digitally at that point. I do now, yeah. You know, I'm not too sure what, what it made DVD-wise. I mean, I would like to say it probably did... It's probably done very well, you know, because I think probably up to this point... Actually, here we go. So... Oh, you found it? I think so. This is what it's saying. Uh, this is an article from 2010, according to Blu-ray.com. Um, it says... Uh, Thanks to the cult following of the Boondock Saints, oh, this might be for its sequel. Uh-huh. Um, the, its sequel, the Boondock Saints to All Saints Day, was the top-selling title on Blu-ray this week that ended. So, hmm. Actually, let me see what it made. How much? Like roughly, because it's uh, roughly thirty-eight to fifty million is what we're gathering, right? Well, for, for the first movie, th- it, this it, is the second one I'm seeing. Yeah, this is the first one. The first one? What do you what do you see? I see fifty million domestic sales for the first one. But really? the, the wild part here is it became a cult hit after its da, 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 fifty million domestic video video sales, but its writer director Troy Duffy didn't see profits because he signed away DVD rights in his contract. Oh my god! So you're telling me this? I wonder if he was if he was kind of backed into it. You know what I mean? Like he kind of got screwed over. I because mean, why would you sell? You're only you're only playing in, like, you made $30,000 in your theatrical run, right? On a $7 million budget. Dude. So you're going to have to bank on your <clears throat> on your DVD and, at the time, I'm sure, VHS sales. Um, so you sign that away. You're losing all your money. That's wild. Dude, That that is crazy. That means he literally lost. He lost. A ton of money. Or lost out on, on a ton of yeah, money. Yeah, he rather. lost out on a ton of money. Did he direct the second one? 
Um, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> he might not have after that. But wow, that is wild. Yeah. Anyways. Anyway, so let's talk about some things that uh, maybe we liked. You about. go first on this one, bud. Yeah, I'll go first. So I think some of the there, I mean, there was some good like funny parts, right? Like like in the beginning, there's the the bars closed, like because this like Russian crew comes in. They're like taking over the Irish neighborhood now. Yeah, and then it, like it cuts when they're like at the bar, but then they 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 go back to it of like the whole like fight scene and the whole virus crew like just like beats the hell out of them. Was it the doc has like Tourette's? Yeah. That, uh... <laughs> it was like so random and I'm like, I don't know if that, I mean, character is necessary at that point. You're just like, oh, it's like for him to have Tourette's. It's just like, oh man, I don't know. You know, but yeah, the 90s. I mean, I, I think it's interesting with, Willem Dafoe's character. He was the best part of the movie. Yeah. He, he Every was, single scene. He was great. And like, he's like river dancing at the one crime scene. Listening to me. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On the couch. On the couch. And like all, all like, that's where the Russians were dead. There's like, like 10 Russians just dead in a hotel room. And he's, he's like, dancing. I gave you a six, six round revolver. There's nine people here. Like, what are, what are you doing? Bro. Uh, uh, I think it was Rocco. That was Rocco. Supposed to do the job and he didn't do it. He had a six-round revolver, yeah. Yeah. In the bar fight when the um, he lights the one dude on fire. <laughs> Basically, it comes back to like try and kill the brothers. Mm-hmm. And then Sean Patrick Flannery's character that's, that throws the toilet like from like the roof at like one guy. And then like is like... What floor? He was on the roof. How many stories is that? I, I don't know. But I'm thinking like the dude that got hit with the toilet, you mean to tell me he didn't die? You mean to tell me this guy jumped off a roof through a toilet that he was handcuffed to, right? Threw that, that doesn't. Off. How does that? Well, he was like kind of breaking his arms too, which, uh, you know, I don't know. He throws a toilet. The guy doesn't die. Wait, no, the guy died. Did he? The guy died. Yeah, but he shot him anyway. I think. Oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah, like, he dropped. Yeah. Um, but then he jumps off this roof and onto the other onto the dude. other guy. Here had he's like almost about to kill his brother. Guess what? No broken legs. No well, nothing. The, well, the the fat dude broke his fall. Fat dude broke the fall. You know, but so. the dude but landed. Still. Like I don't know, movie magic. Yeah, it's the part that's the suspension of disbelief, basically. Yeah. But I, 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 it just part made me made me laugh. Oh, also, um, that Ron Jeremy is in this movie. Oh my god! I forgot that he was in this. Is like some like playing uh, like an Italian mafia guy? I'm oh like, oh my god, yeah. I'm like, oh that that was a little cringe. Very cringe. I'm like, all right. Well, if, if any listen, listeners out there do not know who Ron Jeremy is, um, <laughs> don't Google. Don't it. even Google it. Yeah, it's, it's honestly, it's not worth it. Yeah, you uh, you're not missing much on that one. I, I we I, assure you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, another part that that might be one of my favorite parts and, and not because obviously it's fake and no animals were harmed in the making of this film, but when Rocco kills the cat, he like slams his, his, uh, hand on the, on the debt on like the table and the gun fires off and shoots the cat and the blood just splattered on the wall. I'm like, number one, that's how guns work. Yeah. A gun will never, will never fire on its own, no matter how hard 
you hit the desk. But it was just like, a, oh, whoops. And he's like, she's not even going to know it's gone because she's just you know a druggie yeah. that's high all the time. And But I think she does say, where's my cat at one point? Oh, man, this movie was just like, I felt like I got bored a little bit. Yeah, there, like there's some scenes in there that are, um, I don't know, just a little... I don't want to quite say unbelievable, but the part that to me that I was, well, a couple parts that were just like, eh, to me when they're like searing all their wounds with an iron. That was just weird. I'm like, what? I'm like, uh, okay. I, I mean, I, dude, I, I, guess. I, hate, I hated Norman Reedus in this movie. I really did. It was too much. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then, like we referenced in the, in the beginning, there's the one scene when they're leaving the house, and Billy Connolly is is there, just and you hadn't seen or really heard from him, and you kind of wonder, was this the dude that's been killing everybody? And and he just opens up fire on them, and no one gets hit except for Rocco, who loses a finger. No, yeah, I'm just like I'm like the. the, the so they all stormtroopers. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, like so the for the entire mo- movie early on, when the brothers were shooting people, seemed to be fairly accurate. Yeah, they didn't seem all to of a sudden not miss the head of an old dude, or just even the body. You know, and I understand they're trying to get shot as well, but I mean, there's three of them and one of him. You mean to tell me that none of them? came close to just like grazing him at that point, Ugh. you know? So the finger was funny. Yeah. The thing, the finger was funny. Um, I was going to say the other interesting part about Willem Dafoe's character, cause he's like secretly gay. Yeah. But he makes fun of gay being gay. Yeah. He makes fun of gay people. He's like, he, he literally says what a f-. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> what? Yeah. It's just uh, like it's so, and it's <clears throat> it's the it's the late nineties, so it's different. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. It's different. Yeah, like like there's different a scene vibe. there's a scene where he's in bed with another man, and they just finish, and he gets a work call. Yeah, this this other guy is like trying to snuggle up on him. He smacks him in the face a few times, and he hangs the phone up. And he's like, "What the f- are you doing?" He goes, "I wanted to snuggle." And he's like, <laughs> "Does he tell me like get the f- out?" Yeah, he's like, "Get the f- out." Oh, uh, I'm sure man. you know more vulgarity, of course, but. Yeah, um, yeah. We're trying to watch out on the uh, the curse words for for Nick's editing sake here. Yeah, it's fine. It's yeah. a shorter episode, but <laughs> but then he he at one point he he joins up with the the, the brothers or whatever. Like he kind of joins sides. See another thing where it's just like what the. F-? But you're you're an agent, a an federal F- agent. Yeah. You're just gonna be like, you know what? Let me help these dudes just take down the mob. Yeah, and and. And he goes undercover as a woman by any means necessary. <laughs> yeah, that that whole part he goes in into the into the bathroom with dude. the mob dude. Yep, and he's like, "What the fuck?" He realizes like he's a he's not a woman. Yep, and uh, and he has to kill him. Yep. So, oh, Willem Dafoe. Yep, love him. Yeah, and then and then uh, El Deuce joins the McManus brothers. Then there's like a, a three month. Uh, trial and uh, Yakaveta, who's uh, one of like the mob bosses in the area, he's he's on, he's on trial, and the whole thing gets interrupted by the brothers and and the 
and the deuce and it's just like and then they and then they uh publicly execute papa joe yep so it, it's it, it's a weird plot and like i said i think watching this movie again many years later mm-hmm. cuz you said 20 years roughly about yeah Yeesh. like i might, the last time i probably watched it was maybe like 2003 2004 when I probably bought it, uh, or maybe whenever I might have bought it on on DVD uh, at that point, because I don't think I had, I don't think I bought it on Blu-ray when Blu-ray started to come out. So it had to have been just like a regular DVD. I could be wrong, but I was late to hop on Blu-rays. Like a, I jumped bum. on pretty quick. Fortunately, but unfortunately, because there's just you know storage problems. Yeah, it's it's an interesting movie. You know, I I think. <laughs> It's just weird, a little little bit of a weird pacing. And, like, I, I agree. There's when I watched it again, I was kind of bored at some parts. So, didn't like it, didn't keep my interest I think, as much as I thought it was going to. I think there is, I can, I won't say confidently because I don't make feature movies, you know, but I think there's a certain like language that a movie is. Yeah. Or makes. Yeah. And it's a flow, right? And if that flow doesn't line up, you find it with weird pacing or you find it with maybe potentially getting kind of bored, you know, in certain scenes. Yeah. Because it's just not, it's not working in that type of, you know, rhythm. You know what I mean? That's how I kind of look at certain things. Yeah, it makes sense. So, I don't know. It just, like I said, with this one, it just, it didn't. The opening credits threw me off. <laughs> I was yeah, like, what they, the hell? They were they were weird. They were um weird. and then you go into it, it moves quick, jumps around a lot, so you gotta pay attention a little bit, but Yeah. Um yeah, you know. Unfortunately. It's, it's a movie. Yeah. So let's let's read some uh some things we didn't know about the Boonock Saints, particularly uh Look at that picture of Wonderful on the right. Do he looks crazed? Those bottom teeth, eyes all Joker, <laughs> the green gobby. So, okay, so behind the scenes documentary is better than the actual movie. That would be cool to to watch. Yeah, I've actually never seen it. That's pretty pretty interesting. Adding insult to injury for the Duffy uh, for Duffy is that the documentary was actually critically acclaimed, much more so than the Boonock Saints or its sequel. Wow. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, the director rejected Brad Pitt, Keanu Reeves, and Ethan Hawke in casting. <sighs> wow. So, Troy Move Duffy. On. No, no, but Troy Duffy. See, he said Duffy wouldn't even consider Brad Pitt in any role and overnight captures him on a phone call with his casting agent, calling Keanu Reeves a punk and Ethan Hawke a, a talentless fool. Move on. <laughs> this guy's going to piss me off, man. Ooh. Harvey Weinstein bought the director a bar. Yikes. Ooh. Do not want any ties. Nope. Yeah. That's, um, he bought him a bar? Yeah. I yeah. like I like how this article says, so a little guy named Harvey Weinstein, uh, you may have heard of him. He's been in the news recently. <laughs> 
not only promised Duffy at least 300K for the script and a $15 million production budget, but he also bought the bar Duffy used to work for. That's insane. Huh. Te- sounds like a terrible deal in every, uh, uh, every angle. Yeah, 100%. You got screwed. Filmmakers suspect Weinstein blacklisted the film. Oof. Interesting. Why? So it says, uh, part of what made Harvey Weinstein such a monster was his willingness to use his industry cloud to harm the careers of those he didn't like. What a piece of Dude, he was a terrible human. He, he really, yeah, he, he was. He Still really is. was. This manifested most horribly in the tales of his harassment. Actresses felt that if they didn't comply with his values, he would end their careers. Indeed, several, do- uh, di- sorry, indeed, several directors have corroborated such stories saying the producer would actively threaten filmmakers who worked with actors and actresses he didn't like. Wow. It would have been out of character for Weinstein, too, as Duffy and his friend said, blacklist the Boondot Saints when it debuted at Cannes. Duffy was trying to find any distributor willing to sell the movie to theaters, and in the documentary overnight, he suspected Weinstein of telling them to stay away, which they did. (sighs) Wow. Nobody wanted to distribute it because of Columbine. Huh. Interesting. That's a that's a that's a weird tie though cuz I know I mean I know I remember Columbine happened in in 99. I but don't I only know what, you know, research and you know, learning about that stuff cuz I I learned The thing about it though is like if you if you think about at that time, the internet didn't exist, really. You know, it was even farther away than what it was remotely close to, you know, even like mm-hmm. in the mid 2000s. So like for this movie to come out, especially in, and it says here occurring just a month before the film debuted at con. So it hadn't even hit theaters yet. It was only in five theaters. So it's not like people knew about this movie. Wow. And then, a, and then a month. So yeah, then a month, you know, before that, you know, the, the ha- school shooting happened. So I, I don't think, I don't know. I mean, obviously, there's no ties to it, but no. I mean, there's no direct tie there, but the, I mean, it's just gun, you know, gun violence. But I mean, like, think about all the other gun movies that had come out before then, though. That's what I'm saying too. Like, it, it's even just science fiction movies at that point too, yeah. like Terminator One, Terminator Two. Uh, oh, I mean, lethal, we, you know, lethal weapon, lethal weapon, Rambo, Commando, like, like, dude, like, dude, Rambo Two, he freaking. Mows through a freaking jungle. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I, I kind of disagree with that. I do too, actually. Yeah, that's that's, not, that's a weird one. I don't like um, that one. They were banned from filming in Catholic churches. I can see that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. Um, Hollywood A-listers were interested until they weren't. Huh. At one point, Duffy would throw parties and meet with actors like Patrick Swayze, huh. Ewan McGregor, Jeff Goldblum, and Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg. And he just would, it would fall through. It says, despite meeting with, the, with all these actors, they dropped out for a variety of reasons. Filming conflicted with Wahlberg's role in Boogie Nights, which I'm sure he's probably glad he did that over this movie. Yeah. Swayze and Goldblum passed. McGregor turned down the role after Duffy showed him, uh, showed up to a meeting drunk and incoherent. Wow. Uh, yeah, he's probably like, I'm not going to work with that director. Yeah, I fucking wouldn't. Nope. So, I mean, it says that fans were happy about who ended up with him. I mean, you know, whatever. Yeah. 
No, and most of it, most of the movie wasn't actually shot in Boston. I mean, that's usually it's, yeah, that's, how movies that's are. That's not uh, any surprise, to be honest. No. So. Huh. It says, uh, working on a shoestring budget, Duffy and his crew shot several scenes on sets in the city of Toronto. Hmm. I can see it. <laughs> An adult cameo. Yeah. Ron Jeremy. We already mentioned that. We'll skip that. Uh, Billy Connolly said he was tired of Willem Dafoe's tantrums. <laughs> oh, so. I love that. And even his hair. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, the film owes all its popularity to the block to blockbuster video. Dude, oh, you're, you're wearing a shirt that says "Make it a blockbuster night." Yeah, bitch. I miss blockbuster. <laughs> dude. I mean, blockbuster was essential, man. If, if, if this people, is the second time we've talked about blockbuster on this podcast too organically. So, yeah, I mean, if people don't don't know about blockbuster video, man, you wow. missed out on an era. That was and life was era. good. Pizza. It really was, man. That, those, hit the dominoes, then hit the hit the domino or hit the dominoes in the blockbuster. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Always pizza in a movie. No. Always. It was. Life was good. Yeah. The failed sequel. Well, I guess there's no need to watch it then. Okay. Oh wow. Even though the audience scored Rotten Tomatoes is a whopping ninety-one percent. Hmm. Well. Uh, a prequel TV show. What? Interesting. Oh, supposedly it was in development based on the two films, but nothing has uh, happened. Okay, yeah. I guess that kind of makes sense. Classic Hollywood. Yep. Troy Duffy had to sue the production companies to make the sequel. Well, I guess that's how you get your money to do it, right? Wow. Troy uh, Troy Duffy alienated loved ones after getting a movie deal. So he's a piece of... Yeah, it doesn't sound like much of a good dude. Like, why would you alienate your your family? Yeah, dude. Like, I mean, I get it. You're you're just doing a job, but like, man. Wow. Yeah, no need for that. That's uh, uncalled for. I yeah. don't know. That's not cool. Yeah. It's like, okay, maybe your family is happy with what you're doing, and, and then you're going to alienate them. Unless, unless maybe people in his family were like, <laughs> sound like. Your movie's gonna suck. What are you doing? You're you're you don't know what you're doing, or you're you're, you're doing a waste. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. No, I mean, regardless. So, what would you rate this movie? You know, I think I want to give this. I said earlier, like a seventy-eight. I want to go with like a seventy, seventy-seven. Seventy-seven, seventy-eight. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of where where I was at, like more like a seventy-five. Well, it, it's only because of Willem Dafoe, honestly, because yeah. his scenes are just so over the top and comically just in, insane. You just, it's just fu- funny to see, honestly. But other than that, it's just like, okay, when do I see him again? Yeah. I mean, going by IMDb rating from users, the highest percentage of, of votes was an eight. So, you know, it basically with with all the votes, it's about, you know, I guess 77 percent 
essentially. So, okay. you know, it's, yeah. And that's, again, that's kind of where I'm at. Like maybe highest I would ever, I would give this is like an 80%, but I'm not going to you know, dig on it. Um, and just give it like a 75. Like I said, I, I probably thought it was a lot better when I was younger for whatever mm-hmm. reason, but yeah. now I'm just like, eh, whatever. I don't even know if I will rewatch this movie. No, I probably won't. Um, you know, we did, we did it for the pod and that's it. If the pod. <laughs> yeah. I, I, this has a, a very high rating on, um, that is just an insane gap. Yeah. From audience to, to critics. critics. Yeah. yeah. Cri- so critics give it a 27% and audience is 91. Uh, you know, critics don't know. I mean, but you know, I, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give this a 27. I would give it, I, w- I would not give it a 27. No, no way would I give it that low. You know, like it's, I don't know why I would give it a, um, I could, I don't want to comb through all these comments cause I could probably just agree and disagree with a lot of them, you know, but I think to really, really say why it's a 90% considering like other movies like that we reviewed on this channel and we've given it like a 90, for example, like bullet train, we give like bullet train, like a 90, I, I want to say somewhere around there. Right. I think so. Yeah. But I love that movie. Yeah. But that's a, that's a good movie. That's way better with, than I know. That's a, that that movie is way better than this. Night and day better than than. And if this, and again, like I said, I think this movie was trying to. You know, at that time, I thought it was very similar to like you know Pulp Fiction, and Pulp Fiction is you know, in, easily in the in, in the nineties, right? Like I, I think I might have given a like 99. a ninety. I know you give like a ninety nine. I think I give like a ninety five, but to say Boondock Saints is a ninety one, like that close to Pulp Fiction. Which is also a cult classic. That's making me mad, actually. Just thinking about that. Yeah, no, like, I I just can't do it. I can't, can't, I can't read it that high. Sorry. That's just so. Not here on the, not here on this pod. Nope, 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 nope. So, you know, again, if you haven't seen the movie, and you're intrigued by what we said, for better or worse, and you want to watch it, go for it. I would I would recommend, but it. you wouldn't recommend it. I, I I would recommend watching it. Yeah, because this is a movie where, like I said, I hadn't seen it until I watched it. Right. Yeah. So this is something that uh, I would want more people to watch to Talk see about. what they think. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, for sure, it's the whole point of this. Just talk about movies. So like, you know, I would like to see show them this twenty seven ninety one score difference and be like, where do you rank in this? You know? Oh yeah, no, for sure. And I I think that's a good point. Like it, it presents a good, good talking, uh, you know, like it presents a good conversation. Yeah. You know, something good to talk about and, and maybe people agree. Maybe, maybe someone watches it and it's like, Oh my God, this is like the best movie ever. I'm like, okay, well, you know, that's your opinion. No, no harm, no foul we're or, not going to judge you. Yeah. And then someone might be like, no, I agree. This is a 27%. And be like, well, I'm not going <laughs> to, that's your, that's yeah. your opinion. I'll be like, yeah, uh, I don't, you know, I have anything to say. That's, that's just what you think of the movie. So, no. you know, it's not, it's not a movie I feel passionate about either. Nah. I think some movies I would, 
be a little more inclined to defend because of say, well, no, there is a lot of good characterization, development, plot, story, movement, cinematography, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But I just can't really say that about this. And, 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 you know, it's going to happen, which is totally fine. Yeah. I feel like for the, for me, this movie will blow away into the wind. Yeah. Until someone mentions Boondock Saints, I'll be like, that f- movie, man. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's an odd one for sure. It's definitely odd, but not terrible. No, no. You know, not. It's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's its own thing. It sure is. <laughs> to say the least. It, it sure is. And initially we were going to like ironically try and cover it the week of St. Patrick's Day because it does occur Gosh. during St. Patrick's Day. Like yep. I think the, the bar scene in the beginning takes place on St. Patrick's Day and it's just, you know, also been dubbed as a Irish movie, of course. So, you know, there, there's that. But again, there's other uh, Irish movies I would rather watch. And we could watch repeatedly, like The Departed. The Departed. Or The Irishman. <sighs> that's a good movie. Even that's, long, that's super good. long, but... It's good, man. Apparently his new one, too, is three and a half hours, <clears throat> which we love. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm yeah. for it. But, yeah, Irishman, man. Ah, good movie. Yeah, for sure. So, do you have uh, anything else you really want to say about this movie? or? I don't think so. I'm I'm pretty content with with my thoughts, my two cents. Same, yeah. You know, it's, again, it's not, it's not a long movie, and much like we talked about in the Grand Budapest Hotel, which is also about the same runtime, one minute difference, I believe. Yeah. So I think for the sake of not having to go on forever, yeah, it makes sense for a nice little uh, shorter episode here on the podcast. And you know, we're definitely going to have, and we've had some episodes that ran a little bit longer, and I. Don't know how we're yet going to approach some of these other movies that are are long. Like when we talk about uh, Godfather at some point, one and two, one and yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then when we and talk two. about uh, the trilogy, the trilogy. Oh, when we talk about gosh. Zack Snyder's Justice League, I mean, we're, we're gonna dive into these long movies. <laughs> <laughs> like I threw that in there. <laughs> I will admit, though, if we do the trilogy, see, this would be something I'd I'd, I'd like to get like a more public opinion on because we could we could do my like, dad has never seen them can you believe that wait don has never watched lord of the rings insane right it was at this part of the podcast that nick took off his headset moved the microphone away from the desk looked at austin and then stood up and then quietly walked out the door austin then heard him in the other room yelling profanity that he could not quite make out, but he knew it didn't sound right. About ten minutes later, Nick returned to the room and sat down at the office. Yeah, sorry, I had to get that out of my system. Philly's like one of his favorite movies, but love your dad. But you gotta f- watch the guy movies. He's seen Fifth Element how many times and he hasn't? Damn, dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's hilarious. Oh. Lord of the Rings, though, man. If we do those, I want to do The Hobbit because I love oh, I'm, those I'm, movies, man. Because yeah, I'm totally not to do The Hobbit. But um, yeah, Snyder Cut too. Yeah, see, the one thing I about again, I want to maybe ask uh, and maybe get a poll on because every, I think all six of those movies 
especially when we watch the extended version because that's the only way to watch them. Of course. I almost think that each movie could be done like in two parts like of the same week. Dude, each one is three and a half, At four hours. Short, yeah, the shortest one's like is three and like hours and 23 minutes, I think, out of all it's, of them. It's my fellowship. Um, or two towers. No, I think I think the Hobbit movies are shorter than, than the Oh yeah, Lord of the Rings ones. But um, yeah, no, Wait. Fellowship is definitely the shortest out of the out of, out of the. Do they have extended cuts of the Hobbit? Yeah, I haven't seen those on HBO. I haven't seen those. Yeah. I've only seen the OGs. I saw them all in theaters. Yeah, I did too. I dude, I saw uh, my dad and I saw like the high def, forty eight frames per second. Yeah, Hobbit movies. Oh, oh geez, it, dude, it's weird. Oh, his like his he Peter Jackson's it. like yeah he filmed it with like uh, a yeah. different uh, camera. What a genius! I mean, it, it it looked it was such a different experience, and it wasn't like watching a three D movie. This was watching, I mean, it just movie in faster frames. Yeah. So it felt com- like a completely different experience. And interesting, your eyes kind of had to adjust it. You know, it and the best way I can kind of compare it to say like if you play like a video game that's on like 30 or 60 fans per second, but then you, you know, play, I mean, after I've used this comparison, like playing like a game, like, so like destiny as an example, I know people out there probably don't, won't know what we're talking about here, but for Austin, like destiny's cutscenes are locked at 30 frames per second. Interesting. Right. So it has this like kind of slow motion, but if you were to play the game itself on like a computer, that has like obviously like a higher cap. Like you could play at 144 frames per second mm. on a monitor on a monitor that has 144 hertz. So it looks completely different. So that's the way it, it felt to me when I watched those. Well, didn't those movies. he? Didn't he shoot some scenes from the first three Lord of the Rings in those frames per second? No. Or was it just The Hobbit? It was just The Hobbit. Okay, yeah. okay, I didn't know. Anyways, um, thank God Nick just cut the last whatever minutes of us just rambling about bullshit. Um, uh, it was Lord of the Rings stuff, don't worry. We'll, there, <laughs> there'll be plenty more of that. Plenty more of that to come. So, But yeah, check it out. And check us out on Twitter. Where you can probably just search us for The Plot Strikes Back or if you look for the underscore PSB underscore podcast, you can find us that way as well. But other people can find us by following us on Twitter and then you just sharing the link out to your friends and be like, Hey, follow them for new episodes. We're on Apple uh, podcast, Spotify, uh, Amazon, and quite a few other ones, but I'm sure people just usually from what I can see and data wise, it's either Apple or Spotify. So what, what else, else is, is out I, there? Yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, you know, you can find us on random RSS feeds, but at that point, okay. you're just kind of no. You're just yeah. It's not just worth easy. Thank hundred percent. Thanks for being easy, guys. We love you. Yeah, I well, like I posted Grand Budapest Hotel on Twitter, but I just put the Apple and Spotify links in there. So it's just like whatever. Pick whenever. Pick whatever one you want. That's yeah. that's it. So whatever one you're feeling. Yep. So yeah, we're gonna discuss what's next, uh, movie wise. So, and we also might come at you with a lot of rapid releases. We'll see what happens later this month. Um, so, you know, if you're like, yeah, we want more and more and more, 
then we might uh, grant that wish and, and give you more because, uh, you know, things have been a little busy for the both of us the past week. So, you know, if people have been like, oh, it's only been like one episode a week. Like, you know, we, you know, we apologize, but happens guys yeah uh such is life yep such is life so uh that'll be it for the two of us peace you are listening to the blot strikes back